Hello to everybody at home. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. We are happy that you are tuning in, whether it is from your car or your living room or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. My name is Connor Hass, and I'm here with Pastor Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Connor. We're in. We're in. Uh... We're in a season right now. We're talking a lot about progressive Christianity. We are, yeah. That's yeah. that's been the theme of the podcast for the last probably the last month or so. I know. And I know. we just had a great uh, Grace Bible Institute uh, Sunday night. Sunday great. night. Uh, just so you guys know as well, everybody at home, we're gonna post those sessions uh, from the uh, from GBI individually on the podcast. So be looking for that in the next week or two. They'll come up as just individual episodes dropped all together. And that way you can just have those as a reference to go back to if you'd like to listen again. Yep. Yeah. Good, good. So today we want to get right into it. And we're actually going to try to answer the question, how do you disagree with somebody? Or maybe better better asked, what do you do when you disagree with somebody? So, yeah. uh, Mike, I'm actually going to turn it over to you because I know you wanted to get into Scripture and you have some, some practical points as well. Okay. So how do you answer that question? What do you do when you disagree with somebody? All right. Well, first of all, hello, listeners. And I'll say I know... Your time is valuable. Thank you for tuning in and hopping on here with us. I will say that I want to give you the bottom line on top because I think that you know you might need to move on to something else. You might want to stay with us the whole time, but I know how it is. When I listen to podcasts, I, I browse, I graze at the table of the podcast. I don't usually <laughs> listen to the entire thing. And so let me give you the bottom line on top. I think what to do when you disagree, be loving, be kind, and turn mocking into a mercy ministry. Okay. So that's my bottom line on top. Be loving, be kind, and turn mocking into a mercy ministry. And with that, I'm just going to go ahead and let's, why don't we turn to uh, Acts chapter 17. I think that's where yep. we're going to be rooted yep. on this, okay. okay? All right. So Paul is in Athens at this point, okay? He's waiting for his co-workers in Athens, and so he's got some time. He's got some downtime. You know, you get some downtime. Maybe you go shopping or get something to eat. You know, you're visiting somewhere. What does he do? Well, it says that while he was waiting for them in Athens, this is Acts 6, 17, 16, his spirit was provoked within him, strongly agitated within him, as he saw that the city was full of idols. So here he is living with a biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. And when he's on a trip and has some downtime, he doesn't just go please himself. He's got the Bible and Jesus and the gospel front of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Front of mind. So he reasoned. It says, so he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons and in the marketplace every day. Notice he just kept doing this. So he's like, well, until until my coworkers come, I'm doing this. Whoever happened to be there, and there were Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, they conversed with him. So everybody knows all these conversations. So it's all good, right? Then some of them said, what does this babbler wish to say? Okay, that was not a good word. Those were fighting words. Others said, he seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Basically, he was being identified as a crazy. All right. So they're basically taking hold of him. It says they take hold of him, bring him to the Areopagus. May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting. You bring some strange things to our ears. So they're hostile. This is a hostile crowd. And we want to know what these things mean. Now, the other thing you need to know is they all just love to spend their time and nothing more than telling or hearing something new. But just as Paul was provoked, they got provoked for what he was saying. And what happens is 
he turns the mocking into a mercy ministry. He gets up and he basically, this is when he preaches that famous sermon, mm-hmm. I perceive that in every way you are very religious. So he's giving him a little bit of a, of a kudo here and saying, I passed along and observed the objects of your worship and I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. He launches from there and says, what therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Literally, uh, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made with hand by man, made by man, excuse me, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries of the dwelling place, that they should seek God in hope that they might feel their way, because they're blind, toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from one from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. Now he's having a, a cultural tie-in. We are his offspring. Being God's offspring, we ought not to think the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance, you know, they're worshiping him in ignorance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the times, they're worshiping in ignorance. Times of ignorance God overlooked, but now, and now he gets to the heart. He commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he appointed. And of this he has given assurance to us all by raising him from the dead. He's talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And here's the upshot. Verse 32. When they heard this, they heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again. So Paul went out from them but some men joined him and believed, among whom are Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. And I love that. I just love what happened. And I, I just came up with a list of, of 11 things kind of built on, mm-hmm. on some of the things I'm observing here. But uh, why don't we just maybe run through these things? Yeah, let's dive into it. You I'm and ready. I, we both have the list. We I'm can ready to hear them. Yeah, I've okay. got it in front of me too. But go ahead and just start to walk us through. Okay. And by the way, Friends, this is, these are simple things, okay? These are simple. These are not brain surgery. Um, but I think they're very important things. I think they're very crucial. Number one, don't give up your position. You'll notice that Paul didn't say, you guys are right. I am a preacher of strange yeah, yeah. foreign divinities, and I am a crazy. No, he, he didn't say, you're right. I'm a babbler. You know, I'm an idle babbler. No, he didn't give up his position because he was convinced of the truth of the word of God. He didn't give up his position. I think that's the first thing. But the second thing you'll notice is he didn't put down their position. So secondly, don't put down your opponent's position. So you're disagreeing. And look, we've been talking a lot about progressive Christianity and liberal Christianity, false gospel, false teaching, deceptive ideas. Some people perpetuate it innocently, other people with malice and aforethought. And when you're in those conversations with people, which means you are relating personally, Okay, interpersonal relationship. Don't give up your position. Don't apologize for the word of God. But don't put theirs down. You got to allow room for nuance and discussion and explanation. You notice that Paul did not put them down. You might say, well, he said they were worshiping in ignorance. Well, he pointed out that they said they were worshiping an unknown God, which means they didn't know. So he was not putting them down there. He was not matching insult for insult. Okay, so they insulted him, 
But he basically just pointed something out because what did he want to do? He wanted to win them to Christ. So number one, don't give up your position. Number two, don't put down their position. Number three, ask them what their position is based on. Mm -hmm. So how did you come to your conclusion, right? Because they're conversing with him. They're having these talks and they want to know. So I think it's okay to ask, you know, what, why, what, why are you basing your position on what you're basing yeah. it on? And I think that's a that's a fair question for both believers and unbelievers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Absolutely. for the believer, you're asking, where in Scripture are you finding, you know, yeah. warrant for what you're saying? Right. But to the unbeliever, you're also saying, what worldview is sitting underneath all of this? And mm-hmm. Why do you think what you think? Yeah, let's unearth it. Like when you're working in your yard and you're, you know, breaking up the ground that's been hard, gotten hard, you want to plant some flowers, you got to cultivate. Yeah. Break up that fallow ground, right? That was just laying there unattended. So maybe they haven't asked the question. Yeah. And sometimes that question can spark a, uh, a questioning of their own view. Mm-hmm. And then number four, do show them what your position is based on. So, you know, don't give up your position. Don't put down their position. Do ask them what their position is based on and do show what yours is based on. That's what Paul did. He showed exactly where he was coming from. Mm-hmm. God has fixed a day where he will judge everyone yep. in righteousness by a man whom he appointed. What a summation of the gospel. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. And and even to, to show evidence in, in the sense of God raised him from the dead, proving he's the man that will in righteousness judge the world. Yeah. Or I was reading Galatians the other day, and he starts, Paul, an apostle, not from men or through men, but... From Jesus Christ and God the Father, yeah. who raised him from the dead. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. hey, this message is, you know, I'm coming to you with a solid foundation of a supernatural event that's undergirding all of this. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So don't give up your position. Don't put down their position. Do ask them what their position is based on. Do show what your position is based on. And number five, appeal to the Bible rightly handled. Now, interestingly, this is what he does. But you notice in verse 28, Acts 17:28. In him we live and move and have our being. He is probably quoting from Epimenides of Crete. And then he says, and, and some of your own poets have said, we indeed are his offspring. He's quoting from Erastus's poem, uh, Phenomena. Phenomena. And so he's giving these cultural tie-ins, but the bulk of what he's doing is he is, is appealing to the Bible, what the Bible says mm-hmm. about life and eternal life. So... That's good. And then moves on. move on quickly to number six. Be yeah. willing to admit where they have some good points. Hey, I saw that you worship. You're religious. See that? You're very re- I perceive you're very religious yeah. in every way. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you something. Like, that's good. Yeah. That's not bad. How okay? can you how would you uh, if you were to transpose that into today's context, what's yeah. maybe an example of a conversation where you could enter into someone's world that way? What if someone says, But but uh, so many Christians at my last church were so judgmental towards me. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Now, this person might be wrong, but my guess is there's some rightness to it. Yeah. There's plenty of things that the church falls down on, and we, we're sinful people, and we don't do everything perfectly. So um, plenty of things. In Michael Kruger's book, The Ten Commandments of, of Progressive Christianity, refuting those, he is refuting Gully, you know, who basically said if the church were Christian, and he just gives a bunch of, you know, kind of garbage, uh, mm. you know, ideas. But he shows where he had some good ideas. Yeah. Yes, he made a good point here. Yes, he made a good point there. Yeah. I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Totally. Okay. There are some good, you know, there are some good things. Yeah. Actually, with that one, he's 
He is throwing the baby out. He's not throwing all the bathwater out. Yeah. There's some. There's some. <laughs> some the, bath water the big left. points that Gully was making need to be thrown out. Yeah. But then there's some bathwater left. Yeah. So anyway, no, it's a little. Sense. It's got some floaties in it, but there's you know. <laughs> so be willing to admit when they have good points, and be willing to admit this goes right along with it. Number seven, be willing to admit when or where you are wrong. Yeah. Let's say they point something out and it's an inconsistency. I remember we were having a talk with a church that was going progressive and going outside the Bible on some of their practices. And a few of us went and appealed to their elders and talked to them. And one of them kind of did a gotcha with me at the end and said, well, we saw on your website that you have this position paper that you know isn't exactly in line with what you just said. Hmm. And I said to him, I said, you know what? We need to review that. Thank you for bringing that up to my attention. Because I didn't, mm-hmm. I, there's no reason to argue that and go, you're wrong. I went back and looked and it's like, ooh, yeah. Hmm. We left the door open for some, some squishiness on, hmm. on a point that we were making. So, hmm. so let's review. Don't give up your position. Don't put down their position. Do ask them what their position is based on. Do show what your position is based on. Be willing to admit where they have good points. Be willing to admit where you are wrong. And number eight, be willing to commit to continuing the discussion. You'll notice that Paul, at the end, some were mocking at him. So even when he turns mocking into a mercy ministry, there's some that keep mocking. Okay, be ready for that. Uh, But then some said, we will hear you again. Hmm. And there's a consistency there because it says, then some joined him and believed. And so when Paul went out of their midst, he didn't do the mic drop and, and, you know, say bad things to them so that they wouldn't want to talk to him anymore. So be willing, number eight, to commit to continuing the discussion. And then I think there's some other things we need to bring in here. Number nine, God knows what he meant when he spoke the word. Mm-hmm. And in the end, number 10, in the end, God will make all things right. Just having the confidence to know that the Bible's true. It's inspired. It's, it's God-breathed. It's from the mouth of God. The Spirit has spoken. Mm-hmm. Finally. It's, it's a final word. Okay? Yeah. When I say finally, I don't mean, oh, we waited so long. I mean, the Spirit spoke, and it was a final word. Mm-hmm. It, it's eternal. Mm-hmm. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the Word of God stands forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Um, all scriptures inspired by God. Right? 2 Timothy 3.16. So God knows what he meant when he spoke the word. We need to look for authorial intent, work hard at reading the word and making observations and, and really understanding what it says and not reading into it, mm-hmm. but seeing what God is actually saying. And then know that he'll make all things right. You know, even the mocking, even the, you know, even the fact that people are spurning him. Mm-hmm. They were mocking Paul because they were rejecting Christ. Yeah. And, and then I will give one more. Number 11, we don't have to win every argument. That's where, you know, be loving, be kind, and turn mocking into a mercy ministry. You think of Paul even reasoning daily in the halls of Tyrannus. You think of uh, sharp disagreements that might come up, even amongst believers at times. But I think of refuting false teachers. He is dealing here with people that were unbelievers that needed the truth of the gospel. And some of them were probably more forceful than others. But he turned mocking into a mercy ministry, and he was loving and kind. But he was firm, too. He didn't back down. Yeah. 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 Uh, super helpful 11 points. Can I maybe just follow up with a few questions to you? And we can just kind of mm-hmm. kick this around a little bit. First question that is on my mind is maybe um, how can I guard myself from 
letting my arguing descend into something where I'm just trying to get my point, or I'm just trying to win the battle, mm-hmm. and it becomes a selfish thing where I'm trying to, you know, get my point through, and I, I don't know. It's all about really me winning the argument. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's how all of us are tempted to do, because our sin nature takes over, and now we're we're digging in to win an argument rather than to honor God, yeah. have His Word, um, you know, exalted. You know, it's interesting that that usually comes from a, a sincere heart, someone who really cares about the glory of God. But then we start, there's, there's, a, there's a shift that takes place. And now we're just digging in to try to win the argument. I think if we can remember in the moment to be praying, Lord, guide my words. Lord, open their heart to the gospel truth. Lord, what, what do you want to do here? Give me words. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, that, that conversation that you are having with God in mm-hmm. your heart and mind as you're having the conversation with the people, because once you start getting riled up, you know how quickly yeah. the fuse lights, right? Yeah. And if we're short yeah. fused, if we're long fused, we're more patient, we're more forbearing. And just realize there's a long game here. Yes, they might die on the way home, but what are they going to be thinking about? Right? You want to give them something to think about. That's why I think it's good to ask good questions. But it isn't just an open-ended discussion. Mm-hmm. You have the truth of the Word of God. Yeah. And God's Word will not return void without accomplishing what He sent it for. And, and what, what he, why did He send it? Why did He send the Word? To save, to sanctify, to glorify Himself above all. And that Christ would be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Right? Someday every knee will bow and every tongue confess yeah. that Jesus Christ is... Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That means people in hell will admit they were wrong and there's no chance of them of ever coming to any other place but where they're, where they're at eternally. Yeah. To point that the man wants to die, Hebrews 9, 27, and then the judgment. Um, but I think you don't have to win the argument. Just keep reminding yourself. Pull yourself back. Control yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what we have to do. We have to control ourselves. Yeah. Exercise self-control, which is a a fruit, a proof of the Spirit of God at work in our hearts. That's right. Yeah. Super helpful. Um, is there ever a point when you could almost uh, agree to disagree? What do you think of that phrase? Boy, that's isn't that getting used a lot right now? It is, yeah. That's why I ask. Okay, so I usually use that with, um, with, with Christians, right? When we agree to disagree on some doubtful things. We're not talking about... We're not going to agree to disagree on whether Jesus is God... Whether the virgin birth really happened, whether the blood atonement really happened, whether uh, the 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 uh, cross really happened, whether the resurrection really happened, whether Christ is imminently returning, mm-hmm. we're not going to agree to disagree on those things. No, this is thus says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think when you're talking to someone that doesn't agree with you and they're adamant, I think that's what Paul did when it said some mocked, some said we will hear you again, and Paul went out. Paul left. But some joined him and believed. Well, the ones that said, we will hear you again. So you got the mockers who are just, they're just going to, they're enemies. You've got, we will hear you again, but they're not fully convinced yet. So there is an element of, we can call it whatever you want, but agree to disagree, sure, yeah, that's fine. Cause, or I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, I think agree to disagree means we're just going to be at peace. We're not going to make a big argument. Yeah. So if we mean that... That's fine. But if we mean that truth is up to everyone... Yeah, you're not conceding that yeah, they might be just as right as you, you... That their opinion is equally valid. Right. Yeah. And that's where we get... Yeah, because we get ourselves in trouble because we believe that the Bible is its own self-attesting authority 
and that it is authoritative on everything that it speaks of and that it is it is what everything has to answer to yeah yeah for sure could you speak a little bit to it seems like i mean jesus makes this really clear and then what paul does here is a really good example there's kind of this idea of you're preaching the truth you're engaging with people uh i'm thinking of uh, in the Gospels when Jesus tells the disciples to go out into the towns. Yeah. But then he says, if they're not going to listen to you, at some point, you shake the dust off, yeah. you know, your feet, and you move on. Right. And in Paul's situation, you know, he'll go into cities and, and preach, and when the yeah. Jews reject him, he's like, hey, I'm moving on now, I'm going to the Gentiles. Uh-huh. Can you speak to the uh, just the reality that there's an understanding in the New Testament uh, that it's God who has to change people's hearts, and, and yes. at some point we need to just trust him to own his truth and move on. Yeah. If changes. Well, let's add an 11th thing here, okay? And it would be this. Do not shake the dust off too quickly, hmm. nor keep it on too long. <laughs> okay? Now, you're like, well, wait, that you didn't help me there. No, you have, you have to make a choice, and you got to own your choice. Um, at times, I think we write people off too quickly. Think about this. Day after day, Paul kept reasoning in the synagogue with Jews yeah. and devout people yeah. in, and in the marketplace, mm-hmm. in the Agora. Every day with those happened to be there. And, and Epicurean and Stoic philosophers are conversing with him. And some said, what are you doing babbling like this? Mm-hmm. Now they're taking issue with him. But, and again, some mock and some say, we'll hear you again. And some say, we believe you. We believe in Jesus. And I think, don't shake the dust off too quickly. Again, nor keep it on too long, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? We don't know. We, we are not infallible on that. So when Jesus was giving that instruction, uh, we go to a town and they will not receive you. Shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. He's sending out a group of people that are preaching the gospel as itinerant preachers. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that to someone who's going to go live in that town for, you know, yeah. 20 years. If you're going to live there for 20 years... Come on, you know you got to dig in and, and 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 do some do some hard work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 a bit of a, we could misuse that term. I think. Yeah. You know, and I think that we, again, I think we are more prone to shake the dust off too quickly yeah. with those we don't like, and we leave the dust on with those we like. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, last question for me, and then you can talk about whatever you want. But <laughs> here's my last question. Uh, do you have any practical guidance for thinking about different relationships? So how do I dis- how do I have a conversation where I disagree with my Uber driver versus <laughs> the person that I see at the subway that I go to right. all the time versus this person in the church versus a family member okay. and on and on? I love that question. So let's talk about the Uber driver. I've never actually... No, I did. I have taken an Uber now. I have. Back, I think I have. Oh, when was it? I know I did. Oh, it was, it was like a year ago in Tennessee, I think. There you go. Anyway, um, okay. With the Uber driver, I would say it's more urgent because you're not going to build a great relationship uh, over time. You're just you're it's it's a 15 minute uh, ride and yeah. and you're going to say goodbye and they're yeah. probably not going to be your normal Uber driver all the time. Okay, <laughs> so that said, um, if you if you if you're like Paul and you want to take it redeem the time, get in get out like get the gospel in, call for the question yeah. and leave it there. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but let's just say it's your it's your family that you live with in your household mm-hmm. or it's roommates in your household. Be much more careful. Mm. Be much more nuanced. And what I mean by that is be kind to all. But you need to live with one another. You'll always be family. Mm-hmm. Don't burn bridges unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. God's not burning that bridge. 
right? Now they might be rejected. They might be uh, Hebrews 6, you know, you know or, or even Jude, you know, their condemnation is not idle. But you don't know, right? 2 Timothy 2.19, the Lord knows those who are his. Let yep. everyone who names the name of the Lord abstain from wickedness, hmm. which means we need to abstain from wickedness. So be really careful with all your relationships. And I'd say we should probably treat everyone more carefully, more lovingly, yeah. more tenderly, yeah. even the Uber driver that you're not going to see again. Mm-hmm. Yes, you should leave them with a kind, gracious demeanor, kind, gracious words. You don't have to give up the gospel message for that. Totally. So yeah, yeah I think everyone needs to be treated in, in the same way in that regard. Yeah. But I think the longer the relationship and the more rooted it is in, in your everyday life, the more you should be very careful how you're navigating because those are the people with whom you have to do all the time. Yeah. yeah. I've heard a, an older man in our church say that when he was younger, he used to walk out in the morning and load up his, his gun with six gospel bullets and shoot people <laughs> with them. You know, and he, and he felt like if he got those bullets out, then he had really you know, been faithful and fulfilled his ministry or whatever. Right. And he just said in time he's seen, you know what, no, I'm not trying to hit people between the eyes with gospel bullets. You know, this is about loving people uh-huh. and bringing them the gospel, but doing it in a loving way. So yeah, well, that's he, a helpful, yeah. <laughs> at least for me, that's been a helpful picture. Very helpful. I said this once and a friend of mine keeps reminding me that I said it, but the Bible, need, we need to treat it more like a first aid kit than a sledgehammer. Yeah. Like the Bible is a sledgehammer as God wields it to break our pride, yeah. of course. Yeah. And, and, and cause us to confess our sins. Yes. Yeah. But we should be bringing it along as a, as a first aid kit, hmm. not as a sledgehammer to hit people or hurt people with. Yeah. Okay? So that we want to build people up and not tear them down. So when Paul, really by the way, yeah, when, when, when you're shaking the dust off your feet, that's in hopes that they will repent. Totally. Not Lord. as a writing you off, you missed it, it's over. Or you're going yeah. to hell, yeah. whatever. No, yeah. you no, know, that's an argument that shouldn't be made. Totally. And you do it with sadness. Yes, yeah. yes. You're shaking the dust off your feet is grieving mm-hmm. over the fact that they rejected Christ and then praying that they would receive Christ. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot more questions that could be asked, but I'm good there. Is there anything else that you want to add as we wrap today up? Well, let's just remember, just one last thing, and then let's just close. Let's just say, listeners, we're, we're so glad you take the time. You know, all five of you know, I don't know who's out there. Could just be Connor and I listening to ourselves. But seriously, if you if you find us, if you just happen upon us, or if you're a regular listener, we're really glad that you are taking the time to invest in being a careful Christian, being an ordinary Christian, being a part of an ordinary church, that God does extraordinary things in and through because God is an extraordinary God. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. We do love you and we're super thankful for you. We'll talk to you again next week. There's always exciting things coming, so we're looking forward to that. Have a great rest of your day.